Hello, fine people of the internet. I am JR, and this is your dose of, of tech, Linuxy, open sourcey, privacy loving goodness. Today, we're talking about encryption. What is encryption, and what are we gonna do about quantum computers when it comes to encryption? But the first thing we must talk about and to set the stage what is encryption? So, encryption is simply taking information, scrambling it in some predetermined way, and comes out gibberish. So if I send you a message, hello, my name is Jaren, and I encrypt it, scramble it with a predetermined, a predetermined way, send it to you, it won't say that anymore, unless you know the key I used to then decrypt it back into the real information that is actually usable. I have my notes written down here, real information, it should be usable information, because technically, it's still information. But, to decrypt it, as I previously said, you need the cipher. And what a cipher is, a cipher is, a normal, is normally a key that tells the user, or the receiver of the encrypted file, message, how to get the original message out of the gibberish that they currently see. Many different forms of keys exist. The oldest one that I know of is known as the Caesar cipher. And it's called this because this is what Julius Caesar used to send encrypted messages back and forth between allies, uh, probably the battlefield, so on and so forth. So the encryption has been very important even back in the time of, of uh, Caesar. The Caesars. I don't know which Caesar it was, actually. I think Caesar Augustus. I don't quote me on that. I don't know. Look it up. This cipher is also known as the shift cipher. And the reason why it is known as the shift cipher is because it takes the text. So if I write, hello, my name is Jaren. I would take every letter and I would shift it up or down a desired number of letters in the alphabet. So, if I want to send you this message that is encrypted with, I can write on a piece of paper, send it to you, and as long as you know how many letters up or down I shifted, you can decrypt it. So, if I say, we're going to go three letters down, A becomes C. Makes sense, right? And so on and so forth. The problem with this is that even though it worked for a while, and when it was first created, it was probably super strong. Probably the strongest encryption they had at the time. Now it's kind of obvious. Uh, you can easily study the letters and figure out the formula that was used to, and, to encrypt it, and then you can easily just decrypt it. So if you see that, oh, the letter E is used the most, and here are all these letters that are used a lot, and these all letters look the same too, and you could probably figure out the word the. And then you could easily figure out the rest of the letters. And so now it's not very useful. But we have new ciphers now. Ciphers that use computers and mathematics to make it super difficult to break the encryption, or to figure it out even. And these things are what what keep our modern computing safe and what many companies and agencies and governments use to 
Keep the secrets the secret. I, I encrypt my laptop because I bring it out. My laptop and my phone are both encrypted. I carry them with me but places I go. They need to be encrypted so in case I lose it or it gets stolen, people can't easily access my information. Even if they turn my phone off, pull out the hard drive, stick it in their computer, they cannot read it. It's a bunch of jumbled mess. And this is done with modern day cryptography using very complex mathematics to secure the information. And we'll get into this and how it relates into encryption next. So now that we have a basic understanding of what encryption is, let's talk about how it relates to quantum computers because every day we get closer and closer to it being a more solid reality. These, these things do exist now in some form. Uh, I don't believe they're very powerful. I don't have a huge history on compu quantum computing. But uh, they exist in some forms. And this, this causes a problem to encryption because, as I said, modern day encryption is based on mathematics and makes incredibly difficult to solve mathematics. This is by doing things like figuring out finding the prime factors of some gigantic number that would be impossible for a human to find and take years and years for a computer to find a modern day computer that you have in your house when I say years I mean many many years millions billions trillions quadrillions of years so I want to read this quote here so it's a very good quote from hackaday.com and it says Imagine a world where the most widely used cryptographic methods turn out to be broken. Quantum computers allow encrypted internet data transactions to become readable by anyone who happened to be listening. No more HTTPS, no more PGP. It sounds a little sci-fi, but that's exactly the scenario that, cryptogra that cryptographers interested in post-quantum crypto are working to save us from. They're working on it, and that's good. Any encryption method based on this factoring, this problem of solving factors, uh, prime factors, or doing a modular exponents is in trouble. This includes RSA, this includes elliptic curve, this includes Diffie-Hillman, this includes, uh, how I pronounce this, Algamal, Algamal. So things like PGP, GPG, HTTPS, are risk because that's what they use, and it's very good for modern computing. It's very hard to crack. And but the thing is that this covers the most currently used public key cryptography. And what public key cryptography is is that I have two keys, a private key and a public key, and you have two keys, a private key and a public key. If I want to encrypt something that only you can see, I use your public key to to lock it and then only your private key can unlock it. Not even your public key can unlock it. And this is all made possible because of these mathematics, but quantum computers operate differently. And this becomes a problem. And when this is a problem, we have issues with SSL connection. So when you go to a website and you see that green lock, it says HTTPS, that means it's secure. It cannot be cracked, it's encrypted. Things that are very essential, like your bank, are gonna be able to be cracked. And that's a problem. It's a big problem. We have an issue with Equifax and all the data being leaked. 
which I can rant about another day, would really make me mad. They, can, that, that's possible. But then you have the situation where you're logging into your bank, so you're making a transaction. People would steal that. However, strong symmetric ciphers such as AES and Blowfish will also be easier to crack with quantum computers, but only by a factor of two. So what that means is that if you're using AES 128 today, you can use AES 256 in quantum computers. It would take them just as long to crack it as it would a, a, a typical computer today if you're using 128. And that's great and all. It doesn't really solve a problem. AES is good, but it's not isn't use public key cryptography, it's asymmetric, it's symmetric. So if I, if I encrypt a file and I want to send it to you and it's encrypted in AES256, you need to have that same key. How do I get to that key to you in a private manner is the, is the issue. So we have to figure out a way to do this public key crypto in a way that lets it so we can use custom computers but not get cracked. Our best crypto systems simply depend on the hardness of the problem. And that's actually a problem. So the question is, is all lost? Is our encryption paradigm coming to an end where everything has to be open and nobody has security and someone can just use your credit card? How are we going to fight against this? How is this going to be possible? Well, well, there is a paper called Post-Quantum RSA, written by several people, including Daniel J. Bernstein, Nadia Hen Henninger, Paul Du, and Luke Valenta. The website is at eprint.iarc.org slash 2017 slash 351. The authors of this paper estimate that attacking a terabyte size key using Shor's algorithm, which is an algorithm that is theorized to be able to crack encryption with a quantum computer, would require around 2 to the 100th power worth of operations on a quantum computer. Now, that's a freaking huge number. Let's be serious. I don't even know what that would be. I can't even fathom how big this is, right? It is said to be comparable to the total number of bacterial cells on planet Earth. That's a lot of numbers. That's a lot of, of zeros, I should say. A lot of operations that need to be done. So let's get some ideas here. In terms of today's computers, an Intel Core i7-6950X, which is a fairly reasonable, it's a high-end computer processor for everyday use. Desktops, usually enthusiasts have it. it. It can perform 106 cycles per second. So if we say we run one of those 2 to the 100 powered worth of operations every cycle, it would take around 3,792 quintillion centuries. Did you hear that? Centuries, not years. Centuries. That's crazy. Like my computer right here, which is not, which is less powerful than this. But if I had this processor, it would take three thousand seven hundred and ninety-two quintillion centuries. At that point, 
No one's going to try and brute force that. It's just not worth it. You'll never get it. And that's the glory of encryption. You can't break it by just forcing it. You have to know the key. So let's put this into some perspective. Because quintillion is a hard thing to, 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 to wrap our minds around. If you had a quintillion amount of dollars, all in one million dollar bills, you would have a trillion million dollar bills. That's a lot of dollar bills. That's just crazy. But the problem here is that the paper that cites this oper these, uh, this um, 2 to the 100th operation, it doesn't give a concrete estimate. The research list, uh, but research listed in another study at the from the uh, that I found on the Cornell University Library suggests that a real quantum computer wouldn't be able to accomplish this in any reasonable amount of time. End quote. That's not a really good scenario. What's reasonable? Could that be a year? Could that be a month? That's the problem. But another problem is this: is that this was a terabyte-sized key. Right now, keys are like 496 bits of data when you're doing public key cryptography for PGP and, and, and your secure internet. And that's just, that's the high end. So a terabyte worth of file, that's incredible. It would take five years for the average desktop computer to even use this key. And that's not efficient. So now, the question is, should we worry? To keep our data secure as quantum computers get better and more available, we will need better encryption. This is obvious. And thankfully, there are already people working on this. And there are already ideas making this happen. People that spend their life studying cryptography are putting all of their effort into this because they understand how important this is for modern computing. The average person doesn't use encryption unless it's behind the scenes and they don't know it, such as HTTPS. But people that need these things, people that, that rely on encryption to work, will spirit We'll spearhead this and are spearheading this in, in, in companies and agencies that need encryption to work for very specific and sometimes probably life threatening, maybe the word is. They're funding these advances in these technologies. But you might be saying, what about quantum computers that already exist? Like, there, there's some out there. We've heard about these. There's been YouTube videos about quantum computers. Well, here's, here's what I say to that. And there's still no need to worry about the ones that exist. We don't have to worry about the ones in the future. Because people are working on making it, making it work. We don't need to worry about the ones that already exist. And the reason we don't have to worry about the ones that already exist is because they're still so new that they're not widespread. And the ones that are being used are being used for very specific reasons. Most likely being used to learn how they work so they can make it better. 
we're still quite a ways off. No one that has these quantum computers are using them or in wasting their time trying to crack passwords and encrypted data. They're trying to use these to get a better understanding of how they work so they can make it better and more efficient for what they need it for, often complex computations. People that want your data and are trying to crack your passwords to get into your Twitter account and so on and so forth, they do not have access to these quantum computers. They just don't. I would say that even since even even since the what we have now today in encryption isn't going to be good come the time where quantum computers are widespread and honestly there's been some theories that it will never actually be in the hands of a consumer but then again people thought that about the desktop computer back in the 60s so i, I take that with a grain of salt but if you're not using encryption today you should. It can be scary, because obviously if you lose the stuff, if something breaks, you lose your stuff. You can't get it back. But the risk is worth the reward, because you don't want someone else to take it and have access to your files. Whether it be pictures of your dog, or your tax documents, your medical records, your driver's licenses, your bank account numbers, your passwords. It's very important that you start using encryption. Even in your day-to-day -day talks. Talks? Chats. <laughs> Get the Wire app. Or Telegram. They're very easy to use. And they make it simple to use encrypted chat. Get Keybase, go to Keybase.io and use that system. You can encrypt data and messages very seamlessly. They're making it much easier now to use PGP. Because if we don't use encryption now and make this precedence, how can we expect that the future of, with quantum computers will not be one that is more Orwellian than the book George Orwell read? Orwell wrote. Thanks for listening.